My name is Jack Bandera, and this is the Sports Einstein, the place you should go for regular sports news and highlights. I'm 11 years old, and I have a passion for sports. Once a week, you will get a handful of sports news, interesting stories, and highlights. I will talk about sports including football, baseball, and basketball. Let's get ready to rumble! On this edition of the Sports Einstein, I will be naming my all-time starting five for all the Eastern Conference teams. Last week, I did my all-time starting five for all the Western Conference teams, and I ranked them 1 to 15. I'll be doing my same for this week for all the Eastern Conference teams, so let's get started. At the number 15 spot, I had the Charlotte Hornets with Kemba Walker, Eddie Jones, Del Curry, Larry Johnson, and Alonzo Mourning. This team is last, but they still could do a lot of damage to a lot of teams in the league. Kemba Walker was an all-star pretty much his whole career on the Hornets, and even though never really did anything in the playoffs, only went there once, losing in the second round to losing in the second round. And Eddie Jones is, I would say, one of the best all-time scorers on the team. Kemba Walker leads him in all-time scoring, but Eddie Jones was a great all-round scorer. Del Curry could shoot the lights out and was as just good as good as a shooter as his sons, even though Steph is a little better. Del Curry could be was a great catch and shoot threat. Larry Johnson could do the dirty work inside, get rebounds, and would have the fun on the court. And Alonzo Mourning would hold down the paint on defense and be able to score. Kemba averaged 19.8 points, 5.5 assists, and 3.8 rebounds on the Hornets. And Larry Johnson averaged 19.6 points, 9.2 rebounds, and 4.1 assists. Number 14 goes to the Washington Wizards with Gilbert Arenas, John Wall, Bradley Beal, Elvin Hayes, and Wes Unsell. Now, this is a very small lineup, but they could really score, and they would but they would also struggle on defense. In his best year, he, Gilbert Arenas had 30 points, but on the Wizards, he averaged 25, 4.2 point rebounds, and 5.7 assists, even though in his best year, he did average 30. John Wall would be able to facilitate at the shooting guard, even though he is a true, one of the true, most true point guards in the league right now. He would be able to facilitate past the ball while being able to play a great perimeter defense. Bradley Beal would handle the scoring, being one of the best scorers in the league. While he does struggle on defense, he would be able to shoot, drive, and also be able to pass. Elvin Hayes and Wes Enseld were the two players that won the only championship for the Washington Bullets. Elvin Hayes was a great scorer as when Wes Unseld would hold down the paint. Wes Unseld averaged 10.8 points, 14 rebounds, and 3.9 assists while he was on the Bullets. Number 13 goes to the Indiana Pacers with Mark Jackson, Reggie Miller, Paul George, Jermaine O'Neal, and Rick Smiths. Now this team, they have scoring, they have defense. It just, I don't think it would really mesh well. You have the facilitating of Mark Jackson, who could pass the ball to everybody. Reggie Miller would handle the offense. Paul George would be able to hold down the perimeter. And Jermaine O'Neal and Rick Smiths are great, were great defenders in the early 2000s. The only thing this team would, except for Reggie Miller, really really struggle on offense. They can really defend, but I don't think they would be able to score. Reggie Miller in it, in his best year averaged 18.2 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. And Paul George had 18.1 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 3.2 assists and brought the Pacers to a great series against the 2013 Miami Heat with Wade, Bosch, and LeBron. Number 12 goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers with Mark Price, Austin Carr, LeBron, Larry Nance, and Brad Daugherty. Now, this isn't Larry Nance Jr. who's on the Cavs now. It's his dad, Larry Nance. 
And this team is good. And LeBron really carries them over the hump. Mark Price and Brad Daughtery were one of the greatest duos ever in the 80s. They were great pick-and-roll threat. Austin Carr would handle the offense. LeBron would just be LeBron being able to do everything. And Larry Nance was a great scorer in the 80s with Daughtery and Price. And LeBron, while on the Cavs, averaged 27.2 points, 7.3 rebounds, and 7.3 assists. And Mark Price, when he, in his best year, averaged 16.4 points, 2.6 rebounds, and 7.2 assists. Number 11 goes to the New York Knicks with Walt Frazier, Earl Monroe, Carmelo Anthony, Willis Reed, and Patrick Ewing. Now, this team is good, but it's not at the level as the top 10 is. It just lands outside, outside the top 10. Walt Frazier was great in the 70s. He could score. He could play defense. He could pass. Earl Monroe was really the weakness. He played in the 60s to 70s, and he was okay. Carmelo Anthony would be able to do the shooting, play some perimeter defense. And then Willis Reed and Patrick Ewing were great defenders on the inside, while Patrick Ewing could score. He never won a championship, one of the best ever not to win a championship, because he played in the Jordan era, and Willis Reed was great with Walt Frazier in the 70s. During his time in New York, Patrick Ewing averaged 22.8 points, 10.4 rebounds, and 2 assists, while Melo averaged 24.7 points, 7 rebounds, and 3.2 assists. Now, the top 10 starts with the Atlanta Hawks, with Spud Webb, Pistol Pete Maravich, Dominique Wilkins, Bob Pettit, and Domin- uh, the Big Spider. So, the Hawks, this team is okay, with Spud Webb really being undersized, but could also score, could dunk, could really do everything, pass the ball to everybody. Pistol Pete would, was one of the greatest scores we've ever seen, averaging 26-27 every year. Dominique Wilkins would be the all-around threat and be the star of this team. To throw down some vicious dunks with him and Spud Webb, this team could be one of the most nasty teams. He could play defense, he could score, and he was one of the greatest players not to win a championship. Bob Pettit one was the first MVP of the uh, ABA. He was a great player in the 60s and 70s and could do everything. And uh, The Big Spider would hold everything down in the paint. Number nine goes to the Raptors with Kyle Lowry, Vince Carter, DeMar DeRozan, Kawhi Leonard, and Chris Bosh. Now, this lineup is super, super small, but this is how it has to happen as they do not really have that great of big man except for Chris Bosh. Kyle Lowry is one of the best all-time players, probably second, in my opinion, behind Vince Carter. He could do everything. He's one of the best all-around point guards in the leagues this year. Vince Carter was the best all-time player, could throw down some nasty dunks, could do, play offense, could play defense, could shoot the three, and he would be the star of this team. DeRozan would be able to play defense while also being able to hit his mid-range. Same with Kawhi. He's one of the best defenders in the league, can also hit his mid-range. Him and DeRozan, I think, are around the same play style, but I don't know if they would fit together. And Chris Bosh would hold down the defense while also being able to score, as he was, his young Chris Bosh was amazing on the Raptors. Vince Carter, when he was on the Raptors, was averaging 23.4 points, 5.2 rebounds, and 3.9 assists, while Kyle Lowry has averaged 17.6 points, 4.9 rebounds, and 7.6 assists. Number eight is the Brooklyn slash New Jersey Nets, with Jason Kidd, Vince Carter, Julius Irving, Buck Williams, and Brooke Lopez. Now, the front court is not that great, but the 1-2-3 punch with Jason Kidd, Vince Carter, and Julius Irving would be nasty. Now, Jason Kidd... It was one of the best defensive point guards we've ever seen. Could pass while also being able to score. Vince Carter would hold down the scoring. He'll also be doing a little bit on defense. Dr. J would be able to do the same. While Buck Williams was a great defender and so was Brooke Lopez. And he could defend the rim. And they could both defend the rim, actually. 
Dr. J on the Nets was averaging 28.2 points, 10.9 rebounds, 5.2 assists, while Jason Kidd was averaging 14.6 points, 7.2 rebounds, and 9.1 assists. Number seven comes in the Detroit Pistons with Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, Ben Wallace, Blake Griffin, and Bill Lambeer. Now you got the three bad boy Pistons in Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, and Bill Lambeer with Ben Wallace, who was a center, but he was like 6'7", so you could move him to small forward. He was one of the best defenders we've ever seen. Wouldn't re- can't really score, only averaged 6.6 points, 11, but he also averaged 11.5 rebounds, 1.2 assists, and like two blocks. Deep, two-time defense player of the year. And then you have Blake Griffin from now, who could score, and couldn't really defend, but can score. He can hit the three-point shot now and is out of that to a game. To an all-star, great all-star when he was on the Clippers, and now added a three-point to his game. Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars, one of the greatest duels of all time. They could both score. They could both defend. They were vicious. Bill Lambeer is one of the meanest players of all time. Would knock out players. Got so many technical fouls. So this Pistons team would be really nasty. Isaiah Thomas in his years averaged 19.2 points, 3.6 rebounds, and 9.2 assists. Number six is the Philadelphia 76ers with Allen Iverson, Julius Irving, Charles Barkley, Moses Malone, and Wilt Chamberlain. Now, this team is really, really good with Allen Iverson being able to hold down the offense along with Julius, Julius Irving. Barkley would be able to defend, score, and rebound. He wasn't at his best as he had he won MVP on the Suns, but this is still this is young Charles Barkley, super agile. And then Moses Malone and Wilt Chamberlain would be a great defending front court with Wilt Chamberlain averaging amazing stats. Not as great as Warriors, Wilt Chamberlain, but he averaged great stats and Moses Malone. Not winning MVP like he did in Houston, but also being a great scorer and a great defender. Iverson in his time averaged 27.6 points, 3.9 rebounds, 6.1 assists, brought the Sixers to the championship on his own and won MVP that year. And Wilt Chamberlain averaged 27.6 points, 23.7 rebounds, and 6.8 assists. Great numbers, but great probably the greatest numbers we've ever seen from a center. Number five is the Orlando Magic with Penny Hardaway, Tracy McGrady, Grant Hill, Dwight Howard, and Shaq. Now, the only problem why this team isn't a great, like, all-time team is the bench isn't very great, but the starting lineup is super, super good with having an, a huge lineup of Penny Hardaway, who was a 6'7 point guard, one of the biggest point guards we've ever seen, could score while also needing defend. Tracy McGrady was, in some seasons in Orlando, before the injuries, was averaging 32 points. Grant Hill, this is also before his injuries, would be able to score. And then Dwight and Shaq would be, you could not even score against Dwight and Shaq. This team this team would be able to score, defend, and it's bench is weak, but we're just rating the starting fives, and this team comes in at number five. Shaq was averaging 22.7 points, 12.5 rebounds, and 2.4 assists, while T-Mac was averaging 28.1 points, 5.2 rebounds, and 1.5 assists in his career in Orlando. Number four is the other Florida team, the Miami Heat. With Tim Hardaway, Dwayne Wade, LeBron, Alonzo Mourning, and Shaq. Now, this team, maybe I am overrating it, but I like this team. You have Tim Hardaway, who wasn't his best, but was still really good on the Heat and brought the team to the best record in the league in, in the 1997 and 98 season. And even though they lost in the conference finals to the Bulls, he brought this team in along with Alonzo Mourning. Then you have Shaq when he won a championship. I think his Lakers version was a little bit better, but he's still a great defender and can also score. LeBron and D-Wade, you saw them together, and, this, and that was not even as great of Dwayne Wade. If you get the 
time when he won it with Shaq. He was a great facilitator, could score, could defend, was one of, was the fastest player in the league, one of the fast players we've ever seen. And then you have Alonzo Mourning, who could score with the best of them as a big man. Dwayne Wade, in his time in Miami, averaged 22.7 points, 4.7 rebounds, 5.6 assists, while LeBron averaged 26.9 points, 7.3 rebounds, and 7.3 assists. Number three, which may be surprising to you guys, is the Boston Celtics. Now, you normally see them as number one, but if we're just rating the starting fives isn't the best team because they are super, super, super deep, but they don't have the greatest starting five with Rajon Rondo, John Havlicek, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Bill Russell. Rajon Rondo, in his best year in 2010, was eighth in MVP voting, averaging 15 points, six, six assists, and like four steals. John Havlicek was a great scorer along with Bill Russell, who's a great defender. They were one of the greatest duos of all time. Larry Bird and Kevin McHale are probably the greatest, one of the greatest duos of all time. Maybe number two behind Pippen and Jordan. And Larry Bird could shoot while Kevin McHale held down the defense while also being able to score. And then Bill Russell would hold down the paint, like I said. Bill Russell, in his best year, averaged 15.1 points, 22.5 rebounds, and 4.3 assists. While Larry Bird averaged 24.3 points, 10 rebounds, and 6.3 assists in his best year. Number two is the Milwaukee Bucks with Oscar Robertson, Ray Allen, Sidney Moncrief, Giannis, and Lou Alcindor, which is also Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. This team it doesn't have the best version of Oscar Robertson, as the Kings was his best version, but he was still a great player, could pass, could rebound, could score, could really one of the most all-around players we've ever seen. You could have Ray Allen, who would be a great shooter, as this team does really struggle on shooting. Was really, really good on the Bucks. I think the best version we've seen of Ray Allen. Sidney Moncrief is one of the best perimeter defenders we've ever seen. Was great with, he he played with Lou Alcindor and Oscar Robertson. Giannis could be all around what has, is probably going to be a two-time, two back-to-back MVPs. Is a great all-around scorer. Can't really shoot the three, but can do everything else. And then you have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which is definitely the best version we've ever seen of him. Could do everything except shoot the three. Now, except for Ray Allen, this team would struggle on three-point shooting. But other than that, this team's amazing. With Giannis averaging 20 points, 8.9 rebounds, 4.3 assists last year. While Kareem averaged 30.4 points, 15.3 rebounds, and 4.3 assists. And now, number one, the Chicago Bulls with Derrick Rose, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and Artis Gilmore. Now, this team is by far number one. You have the youngest MVP in NBA history. Derrick Rose was great before the injuries, was amazing to watch, super fun, could throw down some nasty dunks, could pass, could score, play defense. You have Michael Jordan, the best player of all time, nothing really to say about him. Scottie Pippen would be able to do dirty work inside along with, while being a great duo with Michael Jordan, could defend, he would be the best defender on this team on the perimeter, could lock down any big name shooting guard or point guard, and... Dennis Rodman, Artis Gilmore. Dennis Rodman is one of the greatest defenders we've ever seen. Probably the greatest, in my opinion. Would an average, would only average like six points, but it averaged like 15 rebounds. And the people like Michael Jordan, Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose would want the ball in their hands. He wouldn't need to have the ball in his hands, just like Scottie Pippen. And Artis Gilmore would hold down the defense. Now he was an r- amazing player on a really bad Bulls team. Who was averaging 19.3 points, 11.1 rebounds, and 2.5 assists. While Michael Jordan in his best year averaged 31.5 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 5.4 assists.
that is it for this edition of the Sports Einstein. Be sure to re-listen to all my episodes 1 through 11, and be sure to look out for all my episodes all new every Tuesday. And good night, sports.